0: Hey, this is Feist, and you're listening to Talk House. I have a new podcast series called Pleasure Studies. It's a storytelling project that looks at the common ground under our common struggles. It's not an interview series. I handed the mic over to people. We found them from all walks of life to talk about the places where they face themselves. Hard times are made harder by hiding out in that feeling that we're alone. This podcast seeks to look at how we're not. The Pleasure Studies. Presented by Urios and Talk House. Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier.
1: This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Alicia
0: Tyler. Tribe
1: Cold Quest. Fred
2: Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz. Seth Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus.
0: Hi, we're Haim. And you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Ow! What's
2: up? What is up? I'm your host, Elia Einhorn. Joining me for today's show is... Nick Dawson, editor-in-chief of TalkHouse.com. I am psyched to be here. So glad to have you, man. Nick, you put together a fantastic show for this week. Lake Bell in conversation with Gold. How did this happen, man?
1: Well, Lake's team came to us and said, here are some people that we'd like to talk to. And, and Santi was on the list. And I was just super excited to have those guys talk. It took a while. A while being uh, many, many a month, we'll say. Four months, yeah. As you kind of get to in the the conversation, we discover that the only way they're ever going to hang out is if a podcast makes them (laughs)
2: because they're so busy. But it was really, really, really worth it. It really was. This is a fantastic conversation. It was great to have Lake Bell back on the show. It's been quite a while. Yes, she's a, a repeat
1: offender. She's a fan of the show, clearly. She wanted to come back, and uh, who better for her to talk to than Santi?
2: I was very, very thrilled to welcome Santi to go to the Talk House podcast, finally. I've been a fan of her work since she first came out. Yep. Nick, tell us what brought Lake back to the show just now. Well, like I said, she loves us. That's the reason. She just calls us up occasionally and says, I'd like to record another show.
1: <laughs> yeah, and she's awesome. So she has excellent taste. But she also has a new show called Bless This Mess, which just finished on ABC, and she's also one of the all-star voices in Secret Life of Pets 2 hitting theaters right now. She's
2: a busy lady. She really is and really has been throughout her career, Nick. She starred in various TV series. We're talking Boston Legal, How to Make It in America, Children's Hospital, and of course, a bunch of film. A bunch of romantic comedies, including What Happens in Vegas. It's Complicated,
1: No Strings Attached, Home Again. And of course, she is not just an actress. She's also a writer, director in a world and When she was last on the show, she was promoting I Do Until I Don't, which she talked to Rob Corddry about. She is quite the multi-hyphenate.
2: She is. Now, Santi came out of the gate hard with the record Santo Gold. That was in 2008. That record made her a pop star. She is a singer, songwriter, and produces a lot of her own work. Since then, she's dropped a pair of records and a pair of mixtapes. Most recently, I Don't Want the Gold Fire Sessions just last year.
1: Yeah, should we listen to a track of that? What about A uh, Perfect Life?
2: Let's do it. I love Santi Gold.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also really interesting because that song touches on some of the themes of their conversation, this idea of a perfect life, the balance between personal and creative existences, which also kind of leads us, interestingly, into how those guys know each other because their husbands are friends and they're both creative people themselves in kind of interesting ways.
2: Right, lake-married tattoo artist Scott Campbell, who's very good friends with Santi's hubby, Trevor Andrew, a Canadian snowboarder who's got a fair amount of ink himself. Yeah, Trevor is better known as Trouble Andrew. Trouble Andrew. I think that's
1: maybe the coolest thing I've ever heard. I would love to be known as Trouble Nick. <laughs> uh, I'm going
2: to call you Trouble Nick from now on on the show. Okay. Well, Trouble Nick, you hit the nail on the head. They talk a lot about trying to have it all and how impossible that is.
1: Yeah, there's this really important thing that the Lake Bell raises, which is just the idea that people need to say you can't have it all. this idea of a life Mm -hmm. where you are a highly successful woman and a great mother and a you know have this amazing career it's like you have to make choices you're going to fall short in certain places it's constantly challenging
2: and it's really healthy for people to be vocal about that stuff it is and it was cool to hear some of the techniques they use to manage it to the best of their ability for example home office yes or no
1: In my case, I'd have to say uh, no. I've spent a lot of time just trying to convince my daughter that I am not, in fact, in the home
2: office trying to work. (laughs) Been there. We hear about the difficulties of balancing promoting a movie or being on tour with being a mom. Yeah, definitely really, really tough. Santi also drops some parenting wisdom she learned from Mike D.
1: And also talks about Karen O's take on the second album. This is actually something that she talked about in her recent episode with Sam Spiegel.
2: We also get to hear about Lake on The Late Lake Show.
1: And how being a child of divorce was the reason that she's funny. Santi on social media and the one acronym
2: she refuses to write.
1: And forgetting lyrics for her songs on stage. Sometimes even forgetting that she wrote the songs in the first place.
2: <laughs> Should we roll the tape?
1: Let's roll that tape.
3: Okay. <laughs> we're going to get into it. You want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, here we go. This is what we're going to do. Um, okay, Santi. Hello. It's like... Sante, we're alive. Just kidding, we're not. <laughs> um, but that would be crazy if somehow we can manifest as being live. In in life and ways, like I feel like we're live. We're allowed to talk about anything we want. Okay. We have known each other since New York through the one and only Scott Campbell, really. Basically our honeys. Yes. Knew each other, right? Yes. And then we met.
0: Yes. Wouldn't you say that's how we met? That's definitely how we met, yeah. Yeah. I just remember being like doing Soul Cycle in Brooklyn with you. I know. Um <laughs> Yeah. Or trying to. No, because Scott was like, I'm having a baby. You guys just had a baby. Come meet Lake. Go talk to each other. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, anything you need. You know, as soon as you have a baby, you become like, I can help you. I know. <laughs> well, that, that, I, think,
3: I think that I was always sort of intrigued with you because I'm a huge fan of yours. But I also was like, okay, so there's a super prolific mom now. Like, right. here's a woman who's like you know, making beautiful art and like achieving her dreams and clawing forth on something that is like deeply unique. But then now I'm going to also create life. I know. It's a whole crazy thing. And you're like, thing. how do you, you were the first
0: person I was like, how are we going to do this? I know, but you, you. <laughs> we're <laughs> you doing sh- it. You shifted <laughs> into like third <laughs> gear immediately. I was like, what? Uh, I mean, you're like s- popping out babies. And then you had your second one before I did. And yeah. then and then but then you double down and then I doubled down. <laughs> I I made twins. <laughs> yeah, but then you were like directing and like, you know, acting and like right away. Well,
3: I definitely feel like it's super not easy, and I never pretend that it is. You know what I mean? I think there was a real trend for a second to make it seem like it was easy. Right. Like, you know, that it was people would curate the photos and curate the the sort of um, artifacts of their existence to sort of show that they're doing it all, right. you know? Yeah. And then something happened where the trend became like, dude, I got to come clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit is hard. Right. And um, that's kind of where I am. And thank God, because I want to say again and again, don't you agree that like, because you're a creator of original thought and sounds, right? And I feel I am also like a writer-creator yeah. of, of original content. How— I am curious at this juncture because we haven't really gotten into it since.
0: No, because East we Brooklyn. always never keep our hang dates because it's impossible. Because
3: we can't keep a hang date exactly. So now that I finally have you right. here, um, how are you? Well, like, because now you have three kids. Okay, so you win. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> how? How is it that you're managing? Like, what are some of the things that you're doing? This is a genuine question for me. Uh-huh. I, and then I'll get. You know, we'll trade secrets.
0: Hmm. Okay. The The truth is that I always feel like I'm barely managing, right. really. And um, I have a lot of, right now, it would not be possible to do anything. Like I have so many hands helping me right yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's like, especially because I just did three weeks away on the road, which yeah, like was crazy. Did, did you take the kids on tour? I came home for four days and it was kind of like, great and also the biggest mistake because I got no sleep and I have to sing. So it's like, it's like, you know, you have to act like an athlete when you're singing because you have to take care of your body. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with twins who are one, you're Mm. not really sleeping, they're teething. So I came home and it was like, oh my God. So luckily I only had a couple shows because my voice started to get bad after that. It started to crack up and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. it was just like, I just, I felt it. Like, it was like, okay, that's what you get. You didn't sleep. (laughs) So yeah, you need like, help you know and it's like with the twins it's never enough because literally one's running in one direction one's running the other one's climbing up something trying to go head first off of something one's like about to put a cord in their mouth I have a boy and a girl oh you oh a twin have, but yeah, then you have Raddick and I have yeah, yeah two boys and Raddick's jumping off swings and breaking his arm at the yeah. same time so he's like five so he's just like Look at me, like, if you're paying attention. So, you know, I had, like, my mom there and, like, my friend Hope's going over every day. And then we have, like, nannies. And then Trevor basically was able to clear his schedule. And it's just, like, I mean, I look at, like, single mom friends I have. Oh, my God. And I'm, like, even with one. And just to, I know. Be, you know, and not really, I don't know how it's possible. I look at moms with twins who don't have any help. I'm, like, I don't know how you do it. That's when That's when you realize it's, like,
3: having kids and being, like, a creative, like, generator of thought or something, you know, under that umbrella, it's virtually, like, it's kind of, like, not sustainable to be firing on all cylinders. Like, you can't—you either get sick or you—the quality of the work that you're putting out takes a hit, you know,
0: or the quality of your parenting and momming takes a hit. Exactly. Like, you cannot— I remember talking to Mike D about this from the Beast Boys a while back. And he was just like, actually, like, you never really feel like you're doing the proper balance. And um, I was like, really? But, like, I totally get it. Like, something is always being sacrificed, you know. And it's not always a bad thing because I've been, like, honestly, I've. so I was saying, you know, with all that help, I still don't have... <laughs> enough help. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough sleep. I have no creative time. So it's like it's still an uphill battle, but I am doing it. So. I know you are you know what I mean? So it's <laughs> like, so you you know, you're doing it and you're just getting it done. And that's gotta be good enough. It's like, you know, it, it might not be getting done the way you want. The kids not might not be eating what you want. Everybody might be sick and you might miss this or whatever. And then sometimes you might not be there for the stuff you want to be there for. Like I missed the first Kid Row concert. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like that's our, our kids are in a, a yeah, band. Yeah, this really cool rock and roll
3: <laughs> in a rock for band. kids. <laughs> and because obviously that's the right thing to do. Um, and all little toddlers should be like rocking out because oh, it's, it's the one place where there
0: are no rules. But, um, um, but yeah, so you do feel like there's definitely sacrifices. But at the same time, like I'm a kind of like OCD tendency, you know. I don't know the type. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of us are. You know, know what I mean? I it's like this, like the drive. I think also goes with that mm-hmm. personality type, and, um,
3: and the so- audacity
0: to think that you could like do all the things.
3: Because I yeah. do feel like you re- you probably rev at a higher RPM. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like you're like a lot of cylinders are. Firing at all times, and then times. because of that too, then you don't sleep when you can sleep. Correct. You're like, oh, I got to do this. I oh my do god, this. me too. You know, the worst. It's the that I think for any insomniac, whether you're like a um, a mother or a father or whatever, you know, or just a creative. Like if you're somebody whose brain is constantly functioning, and you finally get the opportunity to rest the brain, and then the brain is just like, yeah. It's, and
0: it's not even, sometimes it's like with excitement, and sometimes it's with like a list of things to do. Processing. And sometimes you're just like, I'm behind. <laughs> Everyone else is doing it. And like, you know, it's just craziness. So what I'm saying is this this crazy moment and place in our lives is actually a really great opportunity to to evolve as like a spirit, do you know what I mean? Because I feel like being that type of brain. It's not. It's not all the way great because um, for me. I think I need to learn how to like let go a little bit. And I think that's a better life, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Sure, yeah, that's a a path Um, that feels right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's good to be all revved up like that all the time. And I don't think you need to be like that to even achieve the things. And maybe you could have like a better quality of, you know, experience without the stress and without and still get things done. And so that's like the challenge for me. Yeah. And I think to learn how to navigate that is also learning how to like, let things kind of flow. Yeah, which is really really fun. And not watching, try to fix everything either. Do you
3: in your creative process when you're like think, you know, when you start to kind of get percolate and you know the the creative juices of, you know, maybe a new song or a new album or just even a new sound or a new melody, you know, d- d- how does that how does that happen for you usually? And obviously it's probably cha- I mean it, for me it really changed from before having children to after having so children. Different. Yeah. Like now in the space you find Yeah,
0: I almost don't even know
3: about when it's now. gonna happen.
0: No, oh, I almost you're, don't you're know. still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. So like since um well after Raddock, that was one thing. Cause that was my baby. Yeah. yeah, that was sorry, yes. One baby named Raddick, <laughs> And um so he's almost five and so when he was by the time he turned two, he turned two on the road because I had made a record right after having him. And by the time he was two, it was time to tour. And so I don't even remember how that happened, but I remember being home by 6.30 every day. You know, it was just a different thing. Whereas before that, it was like, <laughs> you know, I'm in creative mode. It's like up yeah. all night, sleep till 11. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like whenever it hits, you're there. And then after Radic, it was like, you go and then you come home at a certain time so you can spend time with your kids. But now, like, there's been a couple of things where I've, I've written some songs and um, I was writing with a friend of mine who I've known and been writing with for 20 years. So it's like he knows me so well. He knows what kind. Of, he knows what sounds I like. So it was kind of a, a really special situation. But it was like our sessions were from 12 noon to 4 p.m. and wow, <laughs> we would get in. We would bullshit for like an hour and a half. Eat. Talk and then I'd be like, We better hurry up. And he's like, We only need 10 minutes. And sure enough, by the time we like kind of got a sound going, just it didn't even have to be that developed, just like a mm-hmm. vibe. And then I put on my headphones and then he called it blacking out. And he's like, You're just gonna black out and then we're gonna have the song. And that's how it worked it was like blackout, <laughs> which is me singing, just yeah. freestyle. Melody and then within ten minutes we're like, cool, we got it. Yes. You know, and not to say the song was finished, but we got like the whole melody you understand. Idea, it. Like yeah. and I I know I can go and just write the lyrics and then we, we got it. It's almost like forced efficiency. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's
3: hundred percent what I what I would agree with. Which is yeah. like you do it's a blessing in a way for somebody who has like just in a creative sense, it's like forced deadlines or forced efficiency, you know, yeah. where you're just like, this is the time that I have allocated for this. And so it doesn't feel sexy and it doesn't feel like languid and no. cool and creative, but actually shit's going to get generated.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so I was going to, because I didn't realize you were just, you've been writing so much. And like I, last night I was just like, I know she did this, but this she wrote, I didn't know you wrote the, the pilot. And the, yeah. 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 So... I was just like, where is she getting away? How is she getting away? Because I, I know that's like, what it takes. You have to like, you cannot you have even get in the house. house. Yeah,
3: I mean, you do know that. As we sit in your cool studio, I that like, I feel like you. Have they were the like, sanctuary. "Do you want to do this at
0: the house?" No, no, and I was like, no, no, "We no, can't no. do it at the house. It's
3: impossible." Yeah, it would be. Yeah, no. That's why when they said we were doing your house, you hear like a house, little
0: cry or something. You are like, "What happened?" Oh, totally. Know? I mean, my 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 parents, my kids would come in and they'd be like, "We,
3: you know." There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> just, I can't get it's anything impossible. done. I, and like you, I have kind of like a private writing studio. It's like a office. And um, it's kind of moot because yeah, it's in my house. So anytime I'm in there, it's like, Mommy. You know, right, it's like, right, right. what are you doing? You know, it's like, can I come in just for a second? No, you can't come in. You know, but— um, I have to tell you something, you know, and it's like very sweet. And you're like, all right, come in. I and know, then, and then you you want to. And, and it's then like it's you just like you need to live. In. And then it's just the worst that can't be in enough. terms of the cycle of, yeah. of inefficiency. But yeah, the writing thing is really hard. I totally have to allocate times to dedicate to it. And then when I'm writing on the show, I go to an office, which is like the, the only way it could function. Um, but I remember d- a distinct difference between making In a World, which was like, you know, I was single. I was just like Scott, and I were just, you know, in romance land, and I f- felt like utterly, like every hour of the day, if it had to be, could be dedicated to the art, you know. Mm-hmm. And I do until I don't. I had a one year old, you know, right, and and then Scott um, got into a motorcycle accident. Like, That's right, the, remember a couple weeks? Yeah, I yeah. think it was like the week before I started shooting. Um, And thankfully he was okay. But it was like that.
0: And with a one-year-old. With a one-year-old.
3: Yeah. And that was like a real shift in kind of like just having the one-year-old really. I mean, Scott's incredible and like the most high-functioning person I have ever um, sort of been in the same room with. So, uh, you know, he is a miraculous in kind of persevering under all odds, you know. Right. And I feel like, yeah, I'm a worrier. Yeah, I'm neurotic. Yeah, I've got— way too many thoughts when my head hits the pillow at night, you know. And especially when I'm in prep mode on a film that I've written and I'm directing and and that I'm starring in, you know, it's like there is so much. And I remember on top of it then being concerned about Nova now, this other entity, this other little, like, magical person that I am responsible wholly, you know. And that was a real conflict in the creative process because I had to emotionally prepare to move away from momming and like put ostensibly a lot of my moming into directing because right. you're at the you know you're responsible for a hundred people and you know you have to answer every question. I mean it's a lot like being a parent in a way. And I just felt like that experience was extremely challenging. And then when I finally got on the other side of the editing in, in the post-production of I Do Until I Don't, I was too pregnant with then Ozzy to go and promote it. Right. So I got,
0: like, that movie was the hardest but that's, for me. Okay, there's a couple things I want to say about that. Yeah. First of all, that's insane. And do you know, like, there's so few women who, have, who can share that experience with you. You know, like, yeah. one-year-old writing a, a film, just finished directing the film, and— and acting in the film. Yeah. Sorry. And you're pregnant. So yeah. you were pregnant when you were shooting? In I it?
3: No, I was pregnant. I got pregnant. Oh, you were pregnant. Yeah, editing. Right. And then I, I have to say, I did take too much time editing it, maybe. Right. <laughs> I just, like—but I had the luxury of editing for a long time. But then I was, like, so big. By the time the movie actually came
0: out, you know— Right, then you can go on the— Yeah, list. like,
3: and, you know, we were like, oh, you know, you got accepted to Becca, And it's like, oh, but you you, you can't go. So right. it doesn't— you. Doesn't you can't matter. promote the movie. Yeah. So then it was all of a sudden this thing of, well, I can't get on a plane to go promote it. You know, it's like, I can't, I can't stand up for my, my, my film baby that I poured right. all this energy into. And it was, and it was okay. Cause I was like, I was really, look, my second, my second birth was really rough. And so I think I just sort of was thankful. It sort of puts everything in to perspective, you know, when you have kiddos because, you know, in our industry, you know, it's kind of like everything's so important, you know, I and know. then you realize it is important in at a level right. and then there's just life and death and exactly. your progeny and like what that is, you know. Right. So so I think it, it is humbling and putting, you know, and puts it in perspective, but
0: well, yeah. Well, I mean, but you did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no matter what, no matter what, you squeeze out a <laughs> movie that mm-hmm. you wrote, directed, and starred in in between yeah, crazy. having two babies.
3: Yeah. you know, And I'm super proud of that movie. And it's like a lot of people haven't seen Amazing. that movie. I started watching it last night. Yeah, it's funny. But it's like it, because in a world was so like… You know, with your first album or something, it's like when you first put something out. Right. The, the energy towards that thing is more. It's new. It's a new. It's new. new. It's yeah. exciting. Look what's that sparkly thing that that person does. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I've never seen that coming out of that person. Right. And so there is a different kind of um, reception. Yeah. yeah. And then you're, you know, it's like I. You always know you're going to put something else out there, and then like. Oh wait! Is
0: it as good as the first one? I know, you know and like, then and then you put your third out, and then that whole thing's in the past, and you just keep going. And then they're like, "She's back." <laughs> I know. I remember I talked to um, Karen O oh about that from the AA yeah, 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 As I remember, when I was putting out my second record, and I remember her saying something like she thought she was going to die when she was putting <laughs> out her second record because I had a really hard time on my second record. And then you move past it, and then you just keep going from there, and you'll never be new again. But I know, you know, I know. but you'll be. You'll be, you can be around, and and a, and you can be brilliant forever. Do you know what I mean? Like you can keep doing. I,
3: things. I think you can be you can be original forever, right? right. Like you can always be truthful to yourself, right? right? And and regardless of like your second album is still holistically you. Like my second film is still intrinsically everything. You know, it's all. It is inherently all me. You know. Right. And it's like if that if your second album was for your first album that that's the one that came out. It's like
0: I. But truly anyway, believe- yeah, it doesn't necessarily matter about the reception right away. Anyway, you know no, what I mean? I know it's because, yeah, because I I nowadays there's just too much out. You know, <laughs> no. it's just too much. So you're not gonna necessarily always. It's like so hard to to keep attention to keep people's attention and. And I don't know that it matters as much. I mean, of course it matters to like people giving you money and it matters to like stuff like that. But like, I mean, people find things that they connect to. And if it's something really special, they just keep finding it and it lasts. But, um, but you know, one thing I wanted to say mm-hmm. before when you were talking about having to share your mommy attention between being a mommy to the kids and a mommy to the movies. Yeah. The one thing that I did notice though, it's like, it's hard to step away, but at the same time, it's like so special when you get to be yourself again in, oh, you in, get to do in your the own directing or, superpower. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh yeah, like this is who I am. <laughs> yeah. You know, not that you're not a mom, you know, but just because you have babies doesn't mean all of a sudden you're like this this mom that like fits in the box of being a mom. Like yeah. there's certain things like that some moms do easily that I don't do easily like I don't really like bath time when the when they're babies it makes me very nervous nervous cuz <laughs> I, like, I don't no, I can't relax nervous. like they're cute and everything visually it's cute right but it is I get very nervous you know and like you're Luckily, like I'm having so much fun. I I so please please I please don't die. Yeah. Like, especially when they can't hold their head up. And like and that part's really scary. But like there's a lot of things because I have a lot of anxiety. So there's like a lot of, like mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't like crying, like a little bit crying when it's not that serious. But if I hear like big crying, I'm like, what happened? And everyone's yeah, yeah. like, they're a baby. And I'm like, but they're they they should not be crying this <laughs> But it, you don't like tantrums. <laughs>
3: oh. I don't understand. <laughs>
0: I know. Oh, I no, like, I know.
3: I think. I think there is a really beautiful. And you, sh- one, a mom should never feel a parent, a dad, whatever, shouldn't feel guilty for feeling. And I do feel like Scott is better about not feeling so guilty going to work. Yeah, and. and, and being like, no, this is like self care. I need to go out of this
0: house. This I domesticity. feel like it's easier for men to turn that that part That's off. The I don't thing. know. I mean, that might be a blanket statement, but I don't
3: know. That's the thing that I'm always delicate with because I'm like, here's the deal. It's like, I think Scott would 100 percent sort of admit he's like when he is home, he's fully at home. No, you know Trevor know what too. I mean? Trevor's yeah. like such a dad. And- Incredible. Both Trevor yeah. and Scott are like, yeah, we are doing this with you. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I appreciate that because I know it's not the case for every for every woman but I do find it harder to kind of peel myself away and take and not feel the guilt to go away and do me you know and 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 that I think might be sort of linked to being a mom I think so too because I
0: I feel the exact same way but at the same time I think the sort of survival and like fighter part I'm like I get like Cut it off. You know what I mean. (laughs) Like I'm just like like I can't like I almost have to disengage in a way like where wait what do you mean like from like like if I have something to do like I can't I have to I have to like turn off something and be like. I'm not gonna focus on that right now. I can't even think about it right now. You mean I can't do my job? Like, if you have a work thing to do? If I have a work thing to do, I have to
3: disengage with moming. Home. Yes. Yeah. A little
0: bit. You know, not like in any long term way, but like, okay, for example, if I'm trying to do something and Trevor tries to, because Trevor's a FaceTimer, like he always wants to FaceTime with the babies, and I have to be like, not right the second, because it was just completely. Yeah, yeah. Just pull me out, you know what I mean. And sometimes you have to, you have to preserve that that island of creativity. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and people do that even even just in being in any relationship. You know, I mean, if you take it back to like a Virginia Woolf or something, you you have to be by yourself forever. <laughs> oh you know, <laughs> but you do need a little bit of space. And even like even just having a, a partner, you know, who's just like try to talk about something, you're like, I gotta do this. Like not right now. Yeah. I mean, I feel
3: like with Bless this mess, it's a different like I I feel getting into the rhythm of something that is not just like a spurt of energy of creativity. You know, it's with a movie it's sort of like Sprint. Right. You know? Yeah. And then everything goes quiet. You know? Yeah. With TV it's like you know, this is like a marathon. You know what right. I mean? Every day, going. You know, it's like even from the writing process to the pre-production, which is all kind of happening concurrently, right? And then shooting concurrently while the writing is still going and the pre-production for the next episode. You know, it's like and then a, with
0: you to be in it too. And like then how I much, always
3: Forget about that. Yes, I'm also in it. Yeah.
0: So, like, because you've been acting for a long time, so does that not? So, like. I can only just say for myself, for example, with the tour, I practice everything else but my part. Like yeah, I don't so. practice my part. Like I get on stage and I figure it out while I'm going. I'm like, what are the lyrics to this song? <laughs> like I don't know what. Do you, what you ever was the for, dance? Forget your all the time.
3: Really? All the time. I always wondered that.
0: Oh my god, I never remember my lyrics. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I don't even remember ever writing this song. You know? <laughs> what? But yeah, but it's like I make no time for practice yeah. for myself. So with you as an actor, um, because it's like so in your body, you know, so you have to not really prepare that much for that part.
3: Um, I think for films, I prepare a lot with the character that I'm playing because, for instance, with Carol and In a World and Alice and I Do Until I Don't, it was like I had to do a lot of prep work so that when – because a movie is – I don't know. There's just – it's a little bit different because I was the sole director, sole, like, creative authority on them. Mm -hmm. And with TV, I do have shared – Uh, creative authority with Liz Merriweather, who's my sort of creative partner in it. She's my, Uh we're co-creators. We co-wrote the the pilot. I directed the pilot, but then she and I EP it together. And I think that portion of it makes it kind of more fun, you know? So in terms of preparation for the character, I do, I wrote, we wrote a character that I felt that is sort of pretty in my pocket. You Uh know, uh because if I'm going to sustain it over the course of however long it goes, I wanted something that I could um, easily access so that I could do all the other things like EPing. And what's interesting about TV is like EPing is close to being a director because directors come and go through TV. And it's not to disrespect the director's position because I am one, but it just I understand more now. And I've directed TV. You know, it's like you really do. You come in. You know, and you translate the script from a framework that has already been built. Right. You know, you're not building it from nothing. Right. So it already, there is a stylistic point of view already. Uh, There's a tonal, comedic, everything point of view that's already instilled. So it's like your job is to kind of come in and facilitate that, you know. And so the EPs are the ones that actually have so much creative um, juice on it because— They were there from the beginning. They created the, you know, in our instance, we created the show, so we show run it. We we make sure that it stays on um, point with what you guys, your original vision, totally. Yeah.
0: So that I did uh, um, because I'm really interested in directing, and I'm like, I know, moving there slowly, moving there, but right before before I found out I was even well before I was pregnant but it was right before we moved to LA I, I shadowed on Insecure for an episode oh shit I did so that was my first experience you know seeing how it works with TV directing is very mm-hmm. different than it is really different yeah it's even different well, I mean because all I've directed so far is, is music videos yeah you know, my own yeah so it's like so I'm like you know You're writing main, it whatever yeah yeah and it's like Everything that you just said about TV, I, I'm I, like, you should come on Blessed Fest, Shadow on Blessed's Fest. I will. To see I totally it's it's like. will. Yeah. Because
3: it's it's really, I mean, because then you have a pal there and I'll yeah. just show you the ropes. Um, I would love that. It's really, um, it's fun in TV. And also, you know, just to speak to kind of like going from, because I, I do feel like I've been asked the question of like, why would you go from making, you know, small independent features with very specific tonal qualities to, all of a sudden doing network television, you mm-hmm. know? And my answer to myself and also to friends is that, like we were talking about it, I finally have the opportunity to consistently have an audience, you right. know, in a way that's very different than indies. And I love the indie world and it's forever in my heart. And like, I will go back there, you know? Do it and all. It's like, but though. why not? Yeah. yeah. So it's like having the opportunity to... You know, Bless this Mess is very kind-spirited and accessible and inclusive to all communities in this country. Right. So it's a little bit like we we dabble with sort of politics whilst not talking about it, but looking at cultural politics and right. kind of what they're you know, that's an interesting conversation f- for me to have creatively. And especially in a time where I feel kind of helpless, right? Uh, like, what can I do? I can't, well, oh, I've got this little thing, you know, this is the only thing that I can do is within the framework of sort of comedy. And so if we can use that to kind of infuse even just a good, you know, good core values, kind spirit, you know, send people off into their day after ingesting it in in a way that's sort of um, inclusive, regardless of, you know, who you voted for or how you feel, it's more just like um, we all can be human and meet in the middle there at least. No,
0: that's totally true. I was just talking to somebody this morning about movie marketing, actually, <laughs> at the school drop-off. <laughs> yeah, it's classic <laughs> L.A. parent stuff. <laughs> but we were talking about how, like, it's the same thing where you can make a movie mm-hmm. that, like, really pushes boundaries and has all these great messages and, like, pushes forward culturally. Mm -hmm. But if you can't get it in front of the people, like, you know, in the cities it does well. If you can't get it in front of the middle America or wherever, you know, where the politics are different, then it's not going to have the impact that you want it to have because it can't even get to those people. Yeah. So that's the thing, you're right, with TV and with, if you can get a show that's like sort of more broad reaching, Mm -hmm. then you do get more of an opportunity to do stuff like that. Exactly, and we take it really seriously. You
3: know, it's like, I also, bless this mess, yes, just like a, you know, a sweet, kind-spirited, silly, but earnest comedy. Um, It also, you know, we want to make sure to represent, we are talking about Nebraska, you know, mm-hmm. middle, we're talking about middle of the country. And if we are going to discuss farming, we want to stay as authentic as we can within the framework that we have. We want to make sure that our writer's room is, which is like, I'd say 75, 80% um, from the Midwest or from small oh, really? towns in America, like in the South or in, uh, you know, we have like Ohio and Michigan and um, Nebraska all represented in there and uh, Minnesota. And so I think it's really important that the stories are generated from truth and, you know, right. that people feel like they really, you know. And who came up with the story? You? I, the Listen, here's <laughs> the deal. Um, Mary Weather is from Michigan. Okay. And um, she always sort of like would drive through Nebraska and look at it and be like, that's the heartland of America. You know, like these are farmers, you know, and she just romanticized the pants out of it. And then my husband, Scott, and I have— genuinely, like, the real fantasy of, like, which I think a lot of people do, which is, like, I got to get the hell out of Dodge. You know what I mean? And you and want to move to Nebraska? We don't know. <laughs> I mean, we want to
0: move to a farm. Okay. Yes. We, I want a horse farm. See, everybody has I do want a, horse a farm. fantasy of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. putting but the phones in, not, I just want a horse farm. It could be in, outside of L.A. It's
3: yeah, <laughs> exactly. But the idea of moving to somewhere where you could right. own a piece of dirt, where right. you're, like— You don't have to, you know, sort of subscribe to the daily grind of what kind of technology is thrusted upon you, whether you like it or not. You know, it's like we're revving at such high RPM, such high stimulation at all times that I think people, the zeitgeist is that people want to move out, out, out
0: into the, you know, into land where they can breathe and slow down. Yeah. And I think it's actually crucial because, I mean— I don't know, this is taking it to a totally different place, but mm-hmm. all the teenagers I know right now are having a really, really hard time, mm-hmm. like d- with depression, like all of them, like every teenager I know is struggling with depression. And I've been like even reading stuff about like suicide rates going up drastically and everything. And it all has so much to do with, you know, social media and like, Screen time and not being liked, La- well, yeah, not being liked, yeah. and comparing yourself, but also not having personal, like, physical interactions yeah. with people, not knowing how to socialize, not not leaving the house for you know long periods of time, and and I do think that culturally we do need to all kind of like pull back from that in a big way, and I don't yeah. know how for for children who are com- I mean really these scary. children is coming coming up so different. I remember I was just texting. I don't know, yesterday or something. And somebody wrote like, LOL. And I, and it's so normal now. Like, but I remember when LOL first started and I was like, ugh. Oh, that is so dumb. No one is ever going like, to laugh. No one will ever, Yeah, LOL. I was like, why would you write laugh out loud? You know what I mean? But now it's like, stupid me, as always. Like, I'm always- the And would
3: you write back, LOL? No,
0: I still have never written it, never once in my life. Uh, really? You're like, I will not. No, if subscribe. you look at my social numbers, you see that I have not really jumped on board. Ah. I'm like, I'm terrible. But it's also like, it's not everyone's personality. Yeah. And unfortunately- it's like a crucial thing for careers now. And so I'm like just ruining myself, but I can't. I, I mean, I have, I'm actually challenged in a very real way about small, concise communication. Mm-hmm. You know, like I used to really struggle with yearbook messages. <laughs> okay, okay. And cards. Small, like I'm really concise. bad. And so any time you ever see me write like a tweet, which probably I haven't written one in a year, but <laughs> it takes me an hour. Like, yeah. literally, it takes me an hour. I don't even think in little small statements like that. When something happens in my life, I'm not like, let me tell all the strangers yeah. in the world. Like, uh, yeah. it's just not me, you know? And it's just, I've had so many meetings with my team about like, what can you do? To boost your Yeah, social. like, it's just gotta be, become a part of And like, I don't think there's anything that I can do. <laughs> I don't know. You
3: I'm could like, just maybe find an awesome, like, young whippersnapper, like, super fan who could just be like, Somebody I got you. Because
0: I know, you know, I know, I understand all the marketing things, but it's just like, it really isn't my personality. And I, I get it. You Look, know? it's it's a huge invasion of privacy. And it's also... It's also I, I, just like, I prefer to do things, like, if I'm in a moment, like, I like to be in the moment. And also, like, if I'm doing something, like, I want to, like, talk to the people that I'm... <laughs> yeah Yeah. old school in that way i don't know it is old school talk 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 to 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 people people.
3: yeah (laughs) like we're doing right now exactly because we're on talk house um i think we're like also close to the end okay but let me ask you this before we end
0: how did you i mean what about all the funny stuff that you write like did you (laughs) like i mean where does that come
3: from Uh, the funnies yeah like i'm a child of divorce (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah. So, so you have to have a sense of humor. So, so, that's, so you've just been – have you always sort of dealt with everything from a comedic standpoint? And like? Um, yeah. I mean, like,
3: I, I was always really drawn to comedy and, you know, the likes of, like, Woody Allen, you know, when I was a kid, kind of just discovering movies that my parents had watched or whatever, like, oh, what's this, you know? And, um, I mean, this sounds so, like, cliche, but I felt – when my parents got divorced, I was immediately like, oh, here's a way to like disarm stuff, you know? Right. And I, in my family, I was just, just funny. I was a, just a funny, the funny kid. Yeah, and making my brother laugh right. or, you know, we, he made me laugh too, but I remember- How he, old were you when they got divorced? I was like two, but then the, the rough stuff, like, you know what I mean? All yeah, the yeah. kind of confusing stuff kind of happens after that, right? So like, you were
0: young. You were like- Yeah, I was
3: super young. It's yeah. all I knew, you know right. what I'm saying? But I think it's like- there and a lot of people have have divorced parents or whatever but i just feel like uh, i remember it being really tumultuous and my brother and i were like bff and we made so much humor that's and awesome. and the, like songs and jokes and there was just like a huge um bonding creative relationship you know that's why i am glad that i have two kids so that they I can kind of like get thing. through shit totally. and have a shared experience but um I feel like comedy really started really young, you know, um, just as a thing that I thought was more peripheral and kind of, um, I never thought career or anything. I knew I wanted to be an actor and that was very serious, you know, that felt like a serious thing. But then I'd have things like The Late Lake Show, which was like a procrastination tool for going to bed where it was like, you know, my parents would be like, okay, Lake, it's time to go to bed. And I'd be like, but what about... And then I would, like, look around and search for something and be like, this character. Lake, <laughs> Lake, show. You know, and then it would just be like, oh, I don't know, I got to, like, vamp a bit. You know, and just, like, make up stuff. And they let you in, they just laughed at you. Yeah, exactly. And then right. I was like, oh, this is good, you right. know. Um, so, yeah, I guess to answer your question, it's just... It's therapy for me <laughs> to make people laugh. And, you know, I never went down the path of like stand-up comedy or anything like that. And I, I don't have it in my, I, I, not, I don't have the balls thing, for right? it, you know what I mean? Um, and I have friends who are mas- masters and mistresses of it. And I hold them on a very high pedestal because I just, I don't do that. But in terms of writing, I feel like I have the safety of kind of hashing things out and playing out the musicality in my head and improvising with myself in my head, in my process. That's kind of how I get things down.
0: Well, it's really fun. And I think that the big thing though, is that what we were talking about as far as being a parent and then being a creative is that thank God for these little creative havens, you know, because Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of parents and I know a lot of moms who sort of lose themselves in the parenting and I'm not interested in that at all. I'm not. And I, but I, I don't think it's in our personality to do that, right. you know? And then some people, but then, you know, a lot of moms struggle with depression because they like, you know. can't, you can't figure it out. But and he, it's hard. Here's one thing that I have really felt over the years
3: of like meeting friends who, who cause I have a couple of friends who were creatives and they got pregnant. And then found momming, and we're like, "Oh, this is my thing now." Like Patty Smith. Well, you know, I mean, people <laughs> people do it, and now that you know what momming is, isn't there also? I mean, for me, there's a part of me that like kind of goes, "Well, shit, that's kind of that's just as honorable of a job if that's what you find in your heart that is that satiates you more." Right. Like I, I used to, I think, be a kind of like. Mm, even though I have friends who are really talented and I'm like, you let go of something amazing. Like, are you sure you don't want to try to do that and also mom? And they're like, nah, I got it. I love momming. Maybe I'll get there one day, but I'm not ready. And I'm like, look- nurturing the next generation of humans seems like an honorable job. So if that's the thing that you want to do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think
0: everybody should do what they feel Feel is is fulfilling to themselves.
3: But you're right. For me,
0: I would go crazy. (laughs) Correct. And so would I. And I'm very truthful with myself
3: on that. But I try really hard to be like, if you want to be a stay-at-home... I try hard because at first I was really... I think I found myself being judgmental. I did right? because I was like... I'm working hard, you know, right. and I'm doing both of the, you know, but I right. realized for <laughs> like me, <that> yeah. <laughs> so like, why aren't you? And then I realized, oh, okay, so it's not for everyone because like we started this conversation. It's a goddamn hustle. And it, no, and it's psycho
0: and it's a psycho. speed that's, un—it's people can't keep the speed. Like a lot of people cannot keep that speed. Yes. And I find, and I'm in awe of a lot of my friends you know who are doing, like you guys are, just, I'm in, left in the dust because I just, I don't even see how a lot of things are even physically possible that a lot of people that I know do, but I know that that's not a normal amount of energy. That people have. I, I think you're right there with us. And I, th- I mean, like, I feel like
3: I look at you and I'm like, holy shit. The twin thing is kind The twin of thing a is really like, a whammy. Yeah. So look, let's just pat ourselves on the back and give ourselves credit because I think that's also important too. We're yeah. doing the best we can.
0: <laughs> that's what I think is the most important. It's that we're doing the best we can. Um, it's really hard. uh I think I'm a little bit competitive but not in like the bad way well, you but just are, because so I mean right? you have to have, you it have it a little to bit be. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. see like so when I'm like you know making new life and I'm yeah, watching like-, like these guys who are like doing like you know this and that and this and that while I'm like babying I'm like fuck, i know. I know you're totally like breastfeeding and you're like, damn it, I gotta get back out there. Yeah, but on the one hand, you're like, this is so special and so amazing. And then you just look over there and you're like, I'm so behind. Do you know what I mean? And so it's this concept, but I think that's okay. Like if you can be okay with those two things happening at the same time, then you're good. You know, it's like, you can't, like, I'm so grateful. I can't believe I had twins. That's (laughs) like my dream. Back in the day- Mm I was like, man, it's so unfair. All these people just having a boy and a girl twin because they just plan it. I was like, I should just do that. Then I
3: knew that you would. You would had these little, like, be careful what you wish for. but I know. Yeah. I know. and But I didn't even, it
0: wasn't even in the front of my head. It was just something that I had, like, meant and said. It wasn't in the front of your head, but it was in the front of your uterus. It was. It was. (laughs) So then I came out here, and we were so busy, and it was, like, moving, and it was a disaster. And I was, like, late with my period, and I was just, like, not even thinking about it. I'm, like, I moved. Of course I'm late. Yeah, yeah. And then I was unpacking, and I happened to find, like, a test. That's exactly uh, how I found a real Really, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so I took the test, and it's positive. and my nephew was sitting in the room, and I just came out, and I just sat there. And he was just like, what's wrong? I was like, nothing. You know what I mean? It was literally, like, surrounded. Like, I had just a week. I had been in L.A. for a week. Oh. And then I went to the doctor, and she was like, there's two of them. And I no. was like, what? <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. No, that's, yeah. yeah,
3: I had a similar thing with Ozzy where it was like we weren't planning it. And then all of a sudden there was like a rogue, you know, pregnancy. But it's amazing.
0: And it's just like, it was kind of like exactly what you wanted. You know what I mean? But it's like,
3: so look, congratulations on your 100 children that you have. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, and all of our uh, creative children that we are currently making in our work. I know. And I love gonna, you so gotta do much. Something. We got
0: to do something. I, I love know. you too. We got to do something. We're going to do something. Aside from birthday parties and, and play dates and scary Halloween. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> okay, we will. But for right now, should we just, should we should we end this episode? Yes. Okay. Good night.
0: Bye. <laughs>
2: Lake Bell Santiago, thank you so much for joining us here on the Talkhouse podcast. And I got to say, a big thank you also to both of their
1: teams. It was a long slog to get that episode done, and everybody was super patient
2: and awesome and great. Thank you. Well worth it. Well worth it. Nick, we have some great behind-the-scenes photos from this conversation. Listeners can find those on our socials at Talkhouse. Yeah, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Bebo,
1: MySpace. <laughs> On most of those. We're well, on most of those. And of course, if you enjoyed today's, which clearly you need your head seen to if you didn't, go back, check out Lake Bell versus Rob Cordry. <laughs> a comic <laughs> battle of, of
2: two lovely people. It's a classic. And make sure to take a moment to subscribe to the TalkHouse podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, because we have some very dope episodes coming down the pipeline. Nick, Mark, the producer, and I, slept in a tent in the middle of the arizona desert at the beautiful form fest in arcasanti and we came away with some shows you are not going to want to miss you ready for this i'm ready i'm ready but are you ready though let me just get a pen robert glasper with view farcature nice fred armison with mary lynn rice cub and snail mail juliana barwick with mary Lattimore. kelsey Lou and yursa daily ward Pelican and American football and Lorraine with Melanie Fay. Whoa, you kind of spent
1: very much time in that tent
2: because you must have been (laughs) recording the whole time. We got some great episodes. There's going to be some videos as well. We're going to be starting to drop those very soon. Amazing. Subscribe. Today's episode is recorded in Los Angeles by Gideon Brower. Our co producer is Mark Yoshizumi. Our theme song was composed and performed by The Range. Shouts.
1: Trouble, Nick. Thank you again for joining us here on the show. Thank you, well behaved Elia. I greatly appreciate it. Look forward to hanging out with you very, very soon.
3: Hey there, I'm Lake Bell. And this is Santi Gold. And this is Talk House. Yes. Do, do, do. <laughs>